0: Hello and welcome to Fill Me Up, I'm Steve Walker and this is the show to help fuel your discussions about film. This podcast has been gone for a long time, it was here last year, I was in Canada, I say here, I was in Canada last year and now I'm in the UK. I had some stuff going on, some mental health issues, So, uh, but I thought because everyone's uh, stuck indoors, it's it's a good time to bring it back, So, uh, so we're doing that. But first, before I get started on uh on the actual things we're talking about, I wanted to say So it's May the fourth coming up. And so it's Star Wars Day obviously, and that means that uh and apparently Star Wars Episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, is coming to Disney Plus, which is very fitting because it's May the Fourth and Star Wars Day and it's good. I mean if you Star Wars fan, it's gonna be good. I think that Mandalorian ends in the UK on Star Wars Day or is just before Star Wars, I don't know, whatever. And the Clone Wars is obviously finishing, I think, I don't know. But I think that Disney dropped the ball here. I think that they should have Well, one because because I'm in the UK and it came out in March here, but it came out in like November or whenever in kind of the US or Australia or when and everywhere else. So I think that was a one point that they dropped the ball by not having it released everywhere at the same time. And if you can't get it released at a certain date everywhere, then just postpone it. That's all I'm saying. But I think they dropped the ball because in the UK, everyone has been waiting for The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has been out for ages in the US and stuff. And if you wanted to, you could have gone online, you could have pirated it. You could have been a pirate of the wherever you are. If you're in Jamaica, you'd be a pirate of the Caribbean. You'd fit in right. But, but... I, along with a bunch of other fans, decided no, we're going to wait until Disney Plus is out in the UK, thinking that you're going to put it all out in one go and you can binge it. Good. But, no. They decided to have it weekly still, even though you've seen all the spoilers and stuff. Um, which I think is bizarre. I mean, they say it's to do with the test week trial, but you could just wait until afterwards until it's all out and then do your, your free trial. So, who, who cares? I also think that 'Cause they said that Frozen Two is gonna be on uh as soon as uh it came into England. Nope, that's a lie. Uh Onward was supposed to be on, on the third of April, nope, that was a lie, it's just the US. And I just think that they should have had Frozen Two on there as soon as it come out, Onward should come out. They should have had The Rise of Skywalker should have been on there from day one in the UK, I reckon. Because uh, then you could have had, especially because of everyone being indoors. And you get, it's a big draw for people. If you had the whole of this, all those, uh plethora uh, to watch in one go. Uh, and they should have had Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Because that came out in like October. It's probably out on DVD right now. I don't know. I don't care. But they should have had it on there. My my mum and my sister enjoyed the first one. Put it on there. Why is it not on there? And fuck, you've got all the Fox stuff. Why is there only where Where is the Fox Films? You've got a few. You've not even got all of the Marvel Fox Films. You've not even got all of the X Men Films and all the. You've only got a few of them. All of the Fantastic Four Films. We don't need your your racist rubbish from the fifties, where you have to put a disclaimer saying it was a different time. Don't put that on there. It's not acceptable to have that stuff now. Just don't put it on there. Put on stuff that people actually want. Put your alien films on there. Other stuff that's actually Fox stuff that you've bought. That people are excited about. Oh, it's just bizarre. Anyway, rant over. What I actually wanted to talk about um, is... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and look at... Because I, like probably most of you listening, well, I'm into films, obviously. And I like to consume as much film content as possible, hence the name "film Me Up, because I just want that those films in me. And I realised that this is a good excuse to get me to watch more films. So what I'm doing is each week I'm going to watch three films, starting with a Letter of the Alphabet. These are films I have not watched before, um, so I'm going into them fresh. I may have heard of them heard about them, but I'm going into them fresh. And the films that I've wanted to watch for ages, just some of them, some of them I don't know. But um, and I'm just going to see what they're like. I'm going to not really do spoilers. I'm just going to do a brief review. There'll be a couple of interesting facts, and uh yeah, I'll just we'll just uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm also going to look at each week a film that didn't get made. So it either went into production or there was talk about it. There was some sort of planning, there was some sort of production happening uh, and then it was cancelled or it wasn't released or it was unfinished or something happened along the way and we'll get into some of the interesting things about that. So I would normally tell you the films that I'm going to be watching because, uh, it's I kind of if you want, it's kind of nice to be able to keep up with these things as a bit like a, a little little film club. But obviously this week because it's the first week back for me, then it's uh, I can't you won't necessarily have known what I'm watching. So I thought we'll do a bonus week this week, and these are all films that have num. They're all starting with numbers in the title. So this week, our first film is. Twenty-one bridges. So this is basically a robbery goes wrong, cops are killed, an investigation then ensues in Manhattan, uh, and because that's an island, they decide to close close the island off to the rest of New York, uh, and by closing the twenty-one bridges in the title, basically, it's fine. It's fine. That's that's uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. It's just very generic. So it came out last year, um, its budget was $33 million and it made a box, made $49 million at the box office. So uh, it lost money, so even though that sounds more, it lost money because rule of thumb is that you need to make two times the amount of your budget to break even. So they usually have, because you've got your marketing costs as well, so, you, so your production budget is whatever's quoted. And then you t- tend to just double that for marketing. That's not necessarily true. But just as a rule of thumb. So if you've got like a big blockbuster that's $200 million. Then they'll probably put like $200 million in marketing. Like Endgame or whatever. Avengers films or whatever. They're going to put in loads of money for marketing. Because they want people to see it. Whereas a smaller more indie film. They probably won't put as much marketing into it. Um, So rule of thumb. You need to make two times the amount of your budget to... Break even, and then anything over that is is your profit. But obviously, forty nine million is not double thirty three million, so therefore, it lost money. It got six point six on IMDb, which I think is kind of fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all right. It's like I say, it's it's the ge- it's very generic, and it's just fine. Uh, I I'm more with the critics to get. They gave it a fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And they basically said it... I wrote some notes down and then I looked on the critics' thing, score and what they said. And they said it beat for beat, pretty much what I was thinking. So they, they said that 21 Bridges covers its beat competently enough, but given its impressive cast, this cop thriller, it should be more arresting than it is. Which has a couple of little cop puns in there, which I liked. But that's basically what I thought. It's, fair, it's fine, but they've got some really cool... Really cool. I don't know why I was getting. Yeah, they are really cool. But I mean, they're really good actors that are in this. And there's there's more to this than they 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 could have done more with this. I feel. Uh, so Chadwick Boseman, who is Black Panther, he is the main actor in this. Um, and he, I mean, he's good in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who is um, he was in Whiplash, and he was also uh, what's his face? J. Jonah Jameson in all the Spider-Man stuff. Uh, who's it's just great. Um, he's an amazing actor. He he was underused. Sienna Miller, who you don't often see and stuff, she was good, but again underused. Um, I'd say this is harsh on on this guy. But Taylor Kittich is in it. And he is like the epitome of just a generic fine action film. Like he's he was supposed to be a big up and comer when he was in like that Wolverine film, he was Gambit. Um but then he just was, eh, it's fine. And he just hasn't really gone anywhere. And now he's in these, like, middling films. Um, I mean, in all fairness, it's the director's first film. He's only ever done TV up to now. So, I mean, you could chalk it up to an experience. You could chalk it up to a playing it safe. It's probably some studio interference. They probably don't want to push the boat out too much in terms of what they want to do. They just want it. They want it to be generic and safe um i mean i but there is bits of it that i did enjoy they had a uh, some underworld criminal elements to it there was a money launderer, there's some drug dealers this is and i enjoyed that and kind of going around the city and seeing these sorts of people but i think either kind of wanted a bit more of that or there's a there's like a twist in this film as there always is um and it teases it quite early on, but it just kind of like goes, here you go, this is this little thing, and then it just holds off on it, and it's like just explore that because you get a more because they do like go into it at the end, but it just rushes through it at the end, and I think you could have had a bit more of a slow burn with it. You could have like gone into a bit more, had a bit more drama to it, rather than just kind of like, oh, we'll go, we'll run into this bit of town. Oh, they've caught us. Oh, we'll go into this bit of town. There's some gunfight. So, I mean, yeah, I just feel like it, if you'd have explored that twist earlier on and, like, stretched it out and really kind of got to the depth the grips with it, then uh, it would have been more interesting. I mean, this film is quite short. It's 99 minutes long. But, I mean, I feel it was paced wrong because it dragged quite early on and then you're rushing through it at the end. It got quite boring at times. And so, like, I mean there was similar beat. Like I say, there was always twists and there's always kind of like things like that. And similar beats in these sort of films. And like I say, the action was fine. There was nothing kind of that, I don't know, interesting about it. There's sort of a bit of a tonal, uh, tonal, dis. what is it? Not tonal dis. Like it, a, a disconnect, like in, there's supposed to be, uh, you, they just had like an action scene and they just shot up a bunch of cops. And then the, Chadwick Boseman's detective comes in and he's like really sad and they have like a bit of a stretched out scene I'm like I don't but you don't feel that I feel like the violence and the action should have been a bit more visceral a bit more real and grounded in order to get that rather than just kind of the generic like oh we'll just put a couple of bullets into someone and they just fall over like you needed a bit more kind of realism I think um but but anyway um and like i say i think everything was just kind of very straight faced kind of boring just i mean it's just kind of generic and fine like almost like we we're, we're just putting this out there because these films are a dime a dozen and we like we'll always keep making them but um but i mean it's fine if if you want it just a generic kind of cop thriller that's got a bit of action in it go for it why not um apparently it was originally titled 17 bridges cuz Uh, In fact, there's actually only 17 bridges and there's four tunnels, so that's how you get your 21 bridges But they were like, but I feel like a film called 17 bridges and four tunnels isn't doesn't quite have the same ring to it, to be fair Um, So yeah, second film that I watched was 310 to Yuma, so this uh, is a western from 2007 uh, the plot reads as follows It is a rancher that helps uh, lawmen escape. Uh, Let me start it again. A rancher helps lawmen escort a gang leader to a train for his imprisonment and execution. Um, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Um, like I say, it came out in 2007. Um, the budget was 55 million, but it and it made 70 million. So again, that lost money. But I think the part of that is because the Westerns are no longer popular. They were popular kind of, I don't know, like 50, sixties, 70s, whatever, but you don't see them very often. Now, uh, the, the kind of Westerns that are, if you do get Westerns that are popular, it's either a Tarantino film or it's kind of like Logan, where it's kind of like a, it's quasi Western. It's not really a Western properly. Um, Speaking of Logan, it was actually directed by James Mangold, so obviously, so he probably learned some of these Western kind of elements from this and transferred them across to the Logan, uh, which worked really well. Um, as it's a Western, it's kind of a bit slow at times, it's, um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's boring. Um, it's quite tense a lot of the time. There's a death that's quite early on, uh, which kind of puts you on edge and kind of means that you can never really settle into it. Uh, or never really settle. You never had that sort of like sense of security. Like you feel like anyone could sort of be killed at any time. Um, speaking of people in it, Christian Bale is the main character and he's he's great as he always generally is. Uh, there's a little Logan Lerman in there, a young a young Logan Lerman from uh, the Percy Jacksons and uh, other things. Uh, and Fury, which is a great film. Uh, he's... he's he, I don't know, he plays a 14-year-old. He must be like 14 or 15 and that. And he... Little cherub face. Uh, but Russell Crowe is also in it. Uh, he's fine. Um, and Ben Foster is great in it as well. I mean, he's he seems to be great in everything. But then he never sort of breaks into that big time. And it's not really a leading man. But everything I've seen him in is just amazing. Um. Uh, yeah, the action scenes were great. Um, like I say, there is a lot of tense sort of moments in in kind of the slower parts where there is kind of talking to people. There is there is a really good rivalry between uh, Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. They they have kind of like obviously they they're the differing views and kind of the good and the bad and the they It's yeah, it's just very good. It's quite tense and there is almost like a mutual respect. But like yeah, it's it's kind of nice and I like it. Um, like I say I think Russell Crowe is fine but I think he could have been a bit more of the kind of like manipulative and a bit more of a villain that's kind of a bit more entertaining rather than just I don't know there's just not a lot I don't know like he's, he's meant to be this like huge uh, wanted criminal that everyone knows and stuff but you just and like I just didn't feel it he just felt like a guy that you could just I don't know, he didn't seem that intimidating at times, and like, I don't know. But I guess that's, that, I mean, I'm saying that it's Russell Crowe's, well, it might not be, it could be just how it was written, but, um, and directed and stuff, but, I don't know, I, I feel that that's a, that was just a, a small, minor flaw of the film. I mean, everything is, qu- again, everything's quite serious about this film, it's a Western, they're generally quite serious, unless it's a Tarantino film. Um, but, there's quite a few people that are doing the escort and I think I don't know. You give them a bit more character, give them a bit more life. There is a little bit. Um, but like I say, everyone's very kind of straight faced. Everyone's deadpan. There's not, it's all very serious. I feel just having like a couple of characters here and there just to liven things up, just to give that contrast might've been quite useful. Um, trivia time. Uh, we've got a couple of bits of trivia from this one. Um, so the train is to yuma so the 310 to yuma refers to the train to that goes to yuma that gets in at 310 that's the train they have to get him on and so in the film there's actually a point where it's three o'clock and you hear a clock chime three for three o'clock and the fun fact is that it's exactly 10 minutes of runtime in the film between those clocks and the time that the train gets that you see the train which i thought was quite cool Um, and the other fun fact, uh, is a bit of a problem with their production. They had on the last weekend of shooting, there was actually two feet of snow. So this is like, I don't know where they filmed it in the, well, I was going to say in the desert. I don't know where they filmed it somewhere in America, I guess, but they had two feet of snow on the last weekend of filming. And so they had to like pause everything and they had to get like diggers and trucks to make like, just shovel it all out of the way. And they basically had a massive eight foot pile of snow just outside a shop for the last six days of shooting you can imagine how big eight well it's eight foot that's that's massive so like just for those six days of shooting it's just really annoying i guess but um but yeah it worked it was a good film i enjoyed it um now the last film that i'm going to talk to you about is i don't know i'd heard of it but i'd not really see much about it, it's a film that nobody really talks about, it's called Nine, uh, just the number nine and it's uh, a ragdoll wakes up in a post-apocalyptic world where a machine-like beast torments other ragdoll people, so but, it's an animation um, but I liked it a lot Uh, I'd I'd say this one was an 8 out of 10 really, Um, it was released in 2009 Uh, the budget was 33 million again, so that's the same as uh, 21 Bridges and uh, it made eight forty-eight million, So that's pretty much the same sort of stats as 21 Bridges. Um, so again, this one lost money. But like I say, it just kind of went under the radar. Maybe there was a lack of marketing with it. Maybe because it's a small budget, there's not much marketing. But also, I think part of that was probably because it's not one of these huge animation studios. It's not a DreamWorks. It's not a Disney. Um, um, but I mean... And, and to be fair, it's not really for kids. I think on Wikipedia, it's listed as an adult film. And it's, uh, I mean, it's under the Universal Studios banner. And I looked it up and it's actually the only adult animated film that they've released. Uh, not that you get adult animated films that often. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I wouldn't say, I mean, you could watch as a kid. Um, but it, I think some of the stuff in it might freak you out. Um It is quite a dark film, but, I mean, the story is quite simplistic, almost like as if it is for kids. Um, But, I mean, the animation is just excellent. It's Because DreamWorks and Disney, they have their own kind of distinct styles. And I think the fact that this is something different was just kind of refreshing. And I just thought it was excellent in terms of animation. Um, So, yeah. Um, This one is actually... I'm not, because it's an animation, and because you think, and you think it's going to be a kid's film, and the runtime reads like a kid's film as well, because it's only 79 minutes, so that's less than an hour and a half, but there's so many things that happens, like it's so quick, there's like, move from one thing to the next, there's no pacing issues at all, i like, the other one, it doesn't drag or anything, it just... I mean, it even has time for a fake ending. I don't know how in like an hour and 20 minutes you've got time for a fake ending, but they've done it. Um, and I mean, like I say, it's gone under the radar, but it's got quite a big, some big names in this. Like Elijah Wood is the main character. Obviously he played Frodo. John C. Riley, uh, Jennifer Connolly, Christopher Plummer plays an old guy. I mean, the voice acting is great in it. Um, it fleshes all the characters out well. It does kind of what I was wanting uh them to do in three ten to humor give them each sort of individual personalities doesn't do that too much in that film but this one does it just does great and the voice acting just hits all those emotional beats really well like some films it's just got that kind of flat voice acting like I didn't like the new the remake of the Lion King and it's kind of I thought it, the voice acting in it was kind of flat but this was just amazing like the voice acting's great you got all those those emotions in it um. So this one uh, was based on a short film that that director had already done. So that short film had actually been os- nominated for an Oscar. It didn't win, um, but Tim Burton saw it and he was like, "Yeah, we we'll, we should make a we should make a feature film of this." I mean, this is still a short film, even the feature film. But I mean, they've made a feature film, and um you can kind of see Tim Burton's kind of ha- like trademark in there a little bit. It's kind of like it's obviously it's quite dark. It is quite gothic. Gothic, is that a word? Gothic. It's quite gothic in places. There's scenes set in an abandoned church, but I mean, it's it's kind of there's only a few bits like that. I mean, it's definitely its own thing. Um, uh, but yeah, the def, the the director actually um, when he was making the short film, he wanted to make it stop motion, um, but. I think it, it was too time consuming and too much heart. Well, I was going to say too much hard work, but it's just, it's too, the film is probably maybe too big a scope for that. There's too much stuff in that, too many moving parts. And so they went with CGI, but it still took four years to make that short film. Obviously it didn't take anywhere there that much time to make the feature length film, but yeah, four years is a long time. Um, uh, there was a rumblings of a sequel, uh, around the time that it came out. um, The director kind of wanted to keep making these darker animations because it feels like it's an untapped market. There's not really many out there. Um, But unfortunately, there hasn't been one. Um, I don't think it needs a sequel, really, but I would like to see kind of a few more kind of darker animations uh, like this. Um, But unfortunately, the director hasn't really done a lot since. He's done kind of visual effects for kind of various films that, that you'd heard of, but yeah, he's not really kind of directed anything. Uh, since um, but yeah some fun facts Um, so there's a scientist in this uh, that causes the destruction of the world um, by inventing stuff Um, and he actually is played by Alan Oppenheimer now Oppenheimer may be a familiar name to you it's uh, because um, Alan Oppenheimer is actually the cousin of Robert J. Oppenheimer who invented the atomic bomb and had that famous speech saying that I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. So it, it was quite fitting, I think, that they got Alan Oppenheimer to voice the scientists that, that again, destroy the world. Um, not that Oppenheimer, Robert J. Oppenheimer, did destroy the whole world, but potentially, you never know, in the future, <laughs> with the Tommy Bombs. Um... But yeah, uh, the church that I mentioned as well is actually the Notre Dame, so it's set in Paris. Uh, it doesn't really kind of hint to that. It's just kind of these. I mean, if you know the Notre Dame well, you probably recognise it, but I didn't. Um, but Christopher Plummer's character, uh, like a an old man ragdoll, doll, uh, he refers to it as as sanctuary and as being sanctuary, uh, which is similar to Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, that animated film, the Disney one, the. It's uh, famously referred to a sanctuary in that as well. And the time on the clock in Notre Dame um, was actually stuck at 9.09, which is a nice little nod to the film, um, which I enjoyed. Um, So yeah, so those are the three films this week. Obviously, you won't have necessarily watched them, but I would recommend... uh, I definitely recommend watching 9. That would probably be my highlight uh, of this week. But um, yeah, I mean... 310 Team is also great, um, if you've not seen it. um, That was actually a re- remake of a 50s film, I think. Um, But yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, And I'll uh, I'll reveal the A film. Actually, I don't know what the A film is going to be. Um, I should probably think about it. I have a big list, but I was going to kind of do it week to week. So, uh, I don't know. I'll either decide at the end or I'll... Uh, Put it on Twitter or something on Monday when I'll probably decide. But moving on to a film from three films that did get made and that I watched to a film that did not get made. Um. So this week I'm talking about Megalopolis, which uh, is actually an actual term for like I don't know. It's for, for like a big urban area, basically. With high-rises and things. So, um, so this was going to be directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who you may know from directing the Godfather films, a film called The Conversation, or A Conversation, which is a 70s spy film, and obviously Apocalypse Now, which had uh, Marlon Brando being a bit of a weirdo in it. um. But yeah, I mean, it was one of these huge, ambitious projects, um, and it was about making a utopia in New York City. I mean, when I say huge, the uh, one of the early scripts had two hundred and twelve pages, and again, another rule of them is that generally for a script you have a minute a page. So obviously, two hundred and twelve pages—that's what—that's like nearly over three hours. Uh, So that's. A long, 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 long film. Um, So, but maybe it would have been entertaining at at that length, but who knows. Um, So this was one of his kind of passion projects. It's one that he'd been working on since the late 80s. Um, uh, The main character was a a genius billionaire playboy. Not necessarily a philanthropist. He's no no Tony Stark. Uh, And unlike Tony Stark, he was an architect. Um, and basically, he wanted to make this utopia called Megalopolis. But the mayor was against it. Um, and so scandals and dirty politics and organized crime and evil corporations ensue. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, but it's set over five years. So there's a lot happens and there's more than just that kind of little rivalry. Between, I was going to say little, but more than that big rivalry that mega rivalry, you might say, um, than those, than just that. It's also got kind of underage, sex scandals, political agendas, social commentary, and more lead characters that you can shake a stick at. Um, It seemed like uh, Coppola would kind of put everything that he kind of wanted to, that that almost all of his ideas that he'd wanted to put on, everything that's, everything's in this um in terms of kind of there's so much scope there's so many things happening so many side plots subplots whatever characters um and so he really was like i say it's his passion project he really wanted to get this made and in order to get the funding and to get the studio back in to make it because obviously it's this huge project that they'd obviously have to put in a lot of resources and a lot of funds into uh he actually made some studio films in the 90s um so he made Jack with uh, Robin Williams, being a boy that ages quickly. He plays a boy. That's, he plays an old boy. Not the one from South Korea, though. Old, old boy. Um, Apparently that was no good. Anyway. Uh, but he also made The Rainmaker. So these are two films I've never heard of. Uh, he made The Rainmaker with Matt Damon, which is a legal drama based on a John Grisham book who tends to write cop things, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, apparently that was pretty good, but Again, didn't see either of them, probably, and uh, they're not that famous, so I guess it's, uh, I mean, it probably got in favour, because he made them, but I don't know how much money they would have got from it, but who knows. Um, But yeah, those were films that he made in the 90s, and then, kind of, obviously, Star Wars Phantom Menace came out uh, at the end of the 90s in 99, I want to say, and that had loads of, kind of, like, technical achievements, and kind of brought in, like... The CGI to the fold, like, and was like, oh, look at the, all the things that you could do in terms of, like, making this, these worlds and characters and fleshing things out. And, yeah, it was kind of outstanding for the time. And so because of that, he was kind of... Francis Ford Coppola was kind of like, yes, we could do this. This is maybe the time that we could do this and realise uh, the vision that he had. And so he went to Cannes, uh, the Cannes Film Festival, in May 2001 to kind of show off what he'd got. He'd got 30, over 30 hours uh, of second unit footage, which is kind of like panning shots and kind of to flesh out the world and to kind of give people an idea of sort of the atmosphere and the, the tone that he's going for. Um, and he sold it as uh, the story of a man's battle to build an ideal world, a hero's fight to realise his dream, to build a city of the future. Um, and so... Uh, Obviously, because this is set in New York and a lot of films are set in New York. New York is kind of a major kind of central character to the film. And kind of, as Gotham is in kind of Batman films, they, they are a character in themselves. Um, but obviously, as we know, in 2001, unfortunately, 9-11 happened. Um, and Coppola felt it was too close to home Because in his film, the utopia was to be built after there was a mega disaster in New York, and that's so they were having to rebuild the city anyway. And obviously, with nine eleven, that's that is sort of a mega disaster in itself. I don't know why I said sort of; it definitely is a mega disaster in itself. And so, obviously, it was. uh, He said, "I feel as though history has come to my doorstep." And so, it was just a bit of an. It was. I mean, two thousand one was a good time in terms of kind of the technology but uh, it was a really bad time in terms of kind of obviously 9-11 happened and it meant that uh, it didn't get made, it, it's been shelved and it hasn't really come up again. Um, Coppola said at the time that he, he might come back to it, but obviously kind of building himself up and he was kind of getting really excited. He went through all those, making those films in the 90s that he didn't really want to make and he, he, obviously it's massively disappointing and he lost all kind of momentum uh, in kind of making it. But there was rumblings last year um, that it was being revived uh, and maybe Jude Law was going to be involved and play kind of one of the main characters, but I mean, that was, those were just rumours and we haven't really heard anything uh, since kind of April last year. Um, so, I mean, there's probably, so there's probably isn't anything happening with it. If, if there was, you, you'd hear more than that. You'd hear like production going into things or casting or whatever. So, yeah. Um, I mean, me personally, I mean, I've not really seen much of uh, Coppola's work, I've, I remember I saw The Godfather 1 uh, quite a number of years ago, kind of nearly 10 years ago now, um, and it was good, I enjoyed it, but like I say, I've not really seen a lot of his work, but I mean, this it sounds like a good plot, and in terms of kind of the amount of different things that are happening, and kind of political and social kind of things that are happening, and the kind of organised crime and the dirty politics and scandals and because I I enjoy all that sort of things, I enjoy the sort of investigation films um, and kind of printing and like uh, the post and spotlight and things, I enjoy those sort of things um, but yeah, I mean it was just kind of unfortunate at the time and I don't know whether I necessarily would have seen it at the time but I definitely kind of think I would have wanted to watch it at some point um, but I mean, you know, you never really know it because it didn't get made. It could, it could be one of those things that he wanted to do too much, and it just was just going to be this awful hot mess of a film that should have just been focused on like the main part or something. Who knows? And because it's set over five years, who knows if that would have worked? But um, I like to think that because he is a very good director, that things would have worked. Um, but yeah, you never know, maybe we we dodged a bullet, but um, I would like to see him make it uh, in the end, because uh, it's always nice to see people make their passion projects, it's always good, and I think for the most part, they're generally pretty good so yeah uh, last thing that I'm going to talk about is something of a little bit random um, so this is something that I like, oh, I should probably mention uh, that I've already thought of like, I'll I'm, I'm think of these titles and then I don't mention them. So what I'm, the uh, the f- three films each week when I'm working through the alphabet, I've actually decided that I'm going to call it Alpha Set. So each week there'll be Set A, Set B, Set C, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we'll work it through that way. Uh, but this section is actually called Quick Fic. Because uh, it's just some, some quick fiction that I'm having to come up with on the spot. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm taking... A film franchise and I've got a list of 20 film franchises I'm gonna put it into a boo booboo ding machine and it will uh, come up with a, a random franchise I'm gonna put in uh, I've got 20 random characters I'm gonna get one of those random characters we're putting it into that franchise and I'm and I'm also got a bunch of options to see whether it's I'm gonna to have to make a prequel a sequel a spin-off or a reboot of said franchise um, and and I'll, I'll just have to try and come up with something Um it's probably not gonna be any good probably gonna be absolutely ridiculous and stupid but we'll see how it goes um, so first of all uh, let's find out what kind of film I'm making uh, so we've got a spin-off so we're making a spin-off of the fast and the furious I haven't seen. I haven't. This is the first time that I'm seeing these, by the way. i have put them all on a randomizer, so we're going to spin off of run of Fast and Furious, aka Hobson Shaw, with the Minions. So the Minions from uh, Despicable Me, which I mean, if I cannot think of two franchises that are more suited to each other than the Fast and the Furious franchise and Minions, I mean. The Fast and the Furious franchise, they basically just have villains all over the place, don't they? They basically have a new villain every every day of the week. So what I feel like they should do, and they're all related to each other as well. We've all got brothers and sisters and things. Fast and supposed to be Dom's brother, I think. I don't know. And then they will make him part of the good guys anyway. Anyway, I think they should make a spin-off. Fast and the Furious. So we're taking some characters. I think you could take, um, you could have a villain off. So you could have, um, you could take the Shaw family, and you could have Cipher, who was the villain in Fast and Furious Eight, and then you could have Cipher discover some minions, because the vin- because the minions are always looking for a villain, right? So you could always so. You could just say that they discovered her and then it's then Cypher and the Minions against the Shaw family. So you've got what, Helen Mirren, Owen Shaw, uh Deckard Shaw. Oh, there's the one from Hobson Shaw. Just loads of stuff. Uh just just all the Shaws. Seashores, I don't know, whatever. Uh I think that would be fun. A villain off between Cipher and the Minions and the Shaw family, and you could call it. uh We well, can't call it Hobbs and Shaw. Well, you can't call it something and Shaw. I know. I think you just call it Fast and Furious Villain Off. I think that'd be fun. Villain off. Villain on. Villain off. I don't know. um Man, I'm not good at the, uh, making up things. Cipher. So I don't know. Whatever. So. I would see that. I think that would be fun. But um, let me know uh, what if you have any ideas of uh, how you could put the Minions in the Fast and Furious, how you could do a spin-off of the Fast and Furious franchise with the Minions. I think the villain off between the uh, f- the Shaw family and, the, and Cypher and the Minions. I mean, the Minions are just going to be causing ha- havoc, aren't they? They're just like... They're going to be causing havoc for both sides. And I mean, they're kind of stupid, these films, anyway. So I don't feel that putting the minions in it takes much from it anyway. I mean, you've obviously... They're obviously, like, animated. So do you then... Do you keep... No, you can't keep them animated. Oh, really? you can't keep them animated. Surely you've got to make them, like... Maybe you've got to do it, like, Detective Pikachu style. Like, we'll put in some textures on them. And they're, like, these weird, like, grotesque little creatures that she finds maybe there's another villain maybe that's it maybe they have another villain that comes in that's been making these weird creatures she's like i don't know why it's a she maybe it's a villain off between cypher and some robot minions against a new villain and these weird grotesque minions that she's made yeah let's do that i like that let's see that film that'd be fun that's the thing that we haven't had before. Robots and little creatures. They've had the Cyborg Man. Cyborg Superman. In uh... In Idris Elba. Why not go weird? Make little robots. Make little creatures. Do it. Anything goes in the Fast and Furious franchise. They're going to go to space eventually, surely. So, um... I think that would be fun. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to, uh... Contribute and come up with... If you think you could come up with something better for a, a fast and furious spin-off with the minions in it uh i'd like to hear it you can tweet me at all out walker uh or you can uh, send an email at fill me up pod and if i mean if you have anything that you'd like to say on any of those things if you've seen any of those films that i uh talked about um what you would think of megalopolis if it actually came out um if you'd like to see it but yeah I, i'd love to hear from you um so, I haven't decided what the films are going to be. I will, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, or then uh, I will post up the films that I'll be watching. So, if you if you fancied watching them during the week, I'm going to be watching them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I probably I may tweet out when I'm watching them. But um, if you want to watch them with me, then you can do. If you don't, then you don't have to, because I'm going to keep them spoiler free anyway. Um, you never know; they could be bad. It could be. Could be an awful film, but it could also be good. Who knows? Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Um, if it's your first time, very much uh, thanks very much for coming along. I appreciate it. And if you're coming back from when you listened last year, then uh, absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot to me that you 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 will come back and you wanna you wanna listen to some of this more nonsense. Um, it's it's a bit different kind of thing to what I did last year, but. Um, like I say, I just want to just want to get those films in me. Just put it, mm, just put it in me. So uh, yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Anyway, uh, I'll see you uh, next week. Bye.